0: most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen.
1: Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the
0: man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Slobber Knocker Audio is on your air, and I thank you for that. I am good old JR Jim Ross. Glad you're joining us here, whether it be on the Westwood One app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever in the hell you get your audio. There's a Z in places out there, right? Uh, we also appreciate you leaving us a five-star rating. That helps us at the grocery store. Uh, also, my you can, you're welcome to follow me on Twitter. I wish you would, at J-R-S-B-B-Q. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well, at Jim Ross BBQ. Uh, mailbag later today. Got some good ones for you this week from some of you folks that are t- chiming in at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. I have two guests today, two very entertaining guests with a lot to say, very timely. Uh, The new member to the 2019 Hall of Fame class, Tori Wilson, one of my signees back in the day, uh, will be joining us, along with the raconteur, uh, Infisario, Eric Bischoff, who's uh, in Chicago this week, got a big show with Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone there, I think. Uh, this weekend, you can check that out, and uh, we'll be talking to Eric about that and about uh, his and Tony's show uh, on the Monday afternoon after WrestleMania uh, near the Barclays Center. So, a lot of, lot to talk about there. So, two great guests, a lot on their mind, as I mentioned, and uh, we'll get to those folks momentarily. Uh, I want to thank the New York Post, their sports editor, Joe Stazwiski. He interviewed me this week for the New York post. I'm also supposed to be doing a feature. I've, done, I've recorded it outside the lines on ESPN, uh, recorded me, uh, last week, the story got bumped for some other news. like the scandal, the college tuition scandal, which I'll assure you that 98% of Americans could give a damn about, uh, but in any event outside the lines is coming up. I'll try to keep you informed of that on social media and, uh, I'll also be, uh, Distributing a link uh, to the New York Post. Uh, Nice piece there. Uh, Joe, nice young man. Very bright. Very well prepared. So I appreciate his time. But ladies and gentlemen, that ain't all. That ain't all. Because here's what's on my mind. Going to kick it off with a little Monday Night Raw. Uh, One way to measure the productivity or the uh, on-target creativity and execution thereof of a wrestling show is how it goes off the air. Uh, You can also say in that same dissertation that how a show comes on the air is equally as important. I would agree with that, but going off the air is essential. It's not an option. And I didn't think that the way that, uh, broad went off the air where again, a music interruption, Causes the decision of a match to be determined it happens over and over again Interrupt distraction screw job Interrupt distraction screw job Uh, I have a big problem with trying to protect everybody on the roster It's not a game of protection. It's a game of execution If you can execute well and you're given the tools to execute well, there's absolutely no reason that a loss uh, over a a talent that is already quote-unquote over is going to significantly damage the persona of that individual. Seth Rollins has made it look silly. Uh, His best side was not on display there. Seth is a magnificent athlete. We all can see that. And his match with Lesnar at WrestleMania, no doubt, can be a classic. But you can't make your baby faces, your fan favorites, your heroes, your protagonists look dumb and get them over to the top of the mountain. Can you imagine Austin, a rock, falling for that music interrupt piece of business? No, because it wouldn't happen. Pretty damn impressed with the uh, forearm thrown by uh, MMA's Travis Brown, a rugged USC fighter back in his day, and the husband of Ronda Rousey. That was that forearm shot was a dandy. Apologize later, big fella. Nice, nice going. I liked it. Uh, I said this months ago on the show. He's been a guest in the show. Drew McIntyre, I still believe, is going to be the guy. He has too many of the traits, personality, physical traits, et etc., et cetera, that Vince McMahon covets. And I can see a SummerSlam match involving, let's say, Seth Rollins if he beats Brock Lesnar and uh, Drew McIntyre. I don't think, as much as I would enjoy seeing it, I don't know how, what the feel would be in the, in, the, in the room, shall we say, if you booked a... Uh, Lesnar match with with Drew. Might be fine. Depends how the story's told, right? Hey, I want to tell you, I have no issues with Baron Corbin. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he has a significant and, and visible upside. It's just not there yet. That's not a knock. But the issue that I said on Twitter at JRSBBQ that I was underwhelmed with the choice of uh, opponents for Kurt Angle's retirement match, had nothing to do with the ability, the work ethic, uh, the passion of performing uh, of uh, Baron Corbin. Nothing. Not even the same time zone. It has everything to do with how you honor Kurt Angle going out. Everything that can be done from positioning on the card uh, at WrestleMania, uh, you know uh, who's following, who, who's following, what going. You know how you look in the match, the outcome of the match, and the and the opponent of the match. It's all a part of the presentation, and I thought that WWE could have might have done a better job of selecting somebody else, and they still might. Who knows? Hell, I don't know. That's not a, that's not an unfathomable idea. But let's say it's going to be Corbin and Kurt. Do everything you can to make it special. But it could have been made more special if it was somebody that was uh, more tenured and and was perceived by the audience as more, quote-unquote, over. I just think that Angle deserves everything that he can be provided to make uh, his retirement match meaningful and memorable. He deserves that. I don't know if you can get there with Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Moving on to SmackDown Live. Uh, I didn't... Wasn't overwhelmed with the show, uh, except for the last segment. Uh, it was a great close, a great close, with uh, the the world's greatest villain, Mr. McMahon, coming out after Kofi had gone through hell and high water, walked barefoot through hellfire and brimstone, for God's sakes, and uh, said, you know, you didn't quite qualify. I'm changing my mind. I've actually heard that before. Uh, so, uh, I thought it was a great close. Vince was on spot on. He's the most natural villain in the company still. And all that happened all the way from the attitude era. Can you imagine the impact of the attitude era on wrestling in general is amazing. And now that I have a little bit of time and I can sit back and look at it, I'm really proud of what we all accomplished during the attitude era. But another roadblock thrown in front of Kofi, the ultimate underdog, right? It's all about, I said this on a show so many times. The People are oh, he's old. He's, he's bitter. He's whatever. Okay, cool. Think like what you want. I don't care. I can't change your mind, so why should I care? Uh, I learned a long time ago, kids, you, uh, the less time you worry about things that you cannot control, the better off you are. Just makes common sense. But I can't. Yes, you can. But no, I have no, you don't have to, uh, it's a great episodic television cliffhanger. So to speak, what's going to happen next is Kofi going to finally make it to WrestleMania. What's it going to take? It's a sports entertainment soap opera element that the WWE is parlaying, which shows me, at least I think this. That they are engaged in significant longer term planning than heretofore, in my eyes. That is a good thing. Uh, thought the pull apart with Charlotte and uh, Becky, uh, they should have been, if they were going to have a pull apart, there should not have been a word said. Kevin Owens could introduce them, get his little his rhetoric in, get his shtick in, get himself over, because he got over in this segment, and it wasn't about him, it was about them. That's not great producing. So bottom line, what if? What if? Easy to look back, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. What if Kevin Owens got all his, his stuff in, introduces the ladies. They come in. Becky's sitting there. She's introduced first. Here comes Charlotte, preening around, and boom, it's on. Then, no promo though. This no that, no no nothing. Let's fight now. And you and because the company would be on edge of this potential implosion you would have plenty of security on hand nearby so to speak to not allow the pull apart to go on too long which it did in my opinion a little bit goes a long way and i just didn't like the execution of it as far as it was just scheduled for too long in my view Just one guy's opinion. Certainly a good night, great night for Kofi Kingston, other than the announcement from Mr. McMahon. But Kofi had great effort. Uh, He didn't get sloppy. Uh, He got fatigued, which is always the great excuse for any kind of miscue. But Kofi was crisp, uh, professional, Uh, really had a good night. So, hey, look, is it inevitable that Kofi's going to make it to WrestleMania? I think so. Because it's not a promoter in the world that couldn't hear and see that Kofi Kingston is lightning in a bottle. He's Daniel Bryan version two from back in the day. Uh, WrestleMania, by the way, is what, two weeks away or something. I think 11 matches are, 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 have been released. It's going to be a massively long show as one could imagine. It got a little longer when Elias has named the musical guest. There's going to be something more to that, right? Here's what I'm uh, interested in. I'm, in. I'm interested in what the proposed allotted match times are going to be and the order of such. Going to be interesting. There'll be some maneuvering on that on that deal. Uh, some talents involved will have, have a say, and they'll add their two cents as to why they should go on where they believe they should go. Uh, You'll have uh, producers who are putting a match together that now the match now is so wonderful that it should go on here or there. It shouldn't follow that, and some of those are very good suggestions because once you know what the match is going to, how you lay it out and how you produce it, then you can make it it can fit more customized in the order of events. So uh, I just think that's going to be really interesting. The match time, because inevitably, I will promise you now there will be one or two. Or maybe even more, hopefully not, matches bitching and moaning because they didn't have the time to tell their story. I wouldn't want to admit that. I wouldn't want to tell anybody that I'm, I wouldn't want to admit the fact that my skill set is not good enough to uh, have a eight minute match. And they said, well, wait, we were told we we're going to have 10, we go out there running around at six. Okay. Ad lib. You shouldn't have to memorize your whole damn match anyway. Makes no sense. There's no spontaneity in that. So uh, the battle royal, well, it's a good way to get Braun Strowman on the show in a physical way to show his prowess. He's kind of being rebuilt. He got he got colder and ice in the last couple of months, in my view, based on where he was. Uh, and it's also the way that a lot of talents can get a booking on Wrestlemania which I know means a lot to everybody and it should so if it's a way to and I, I expect that match to go on the pregame show I don't know when it's going to go on I don't even know if it's going to co- close the show that will be more political wrangling of what's going to close the show my vote would be uh, Rousey Charlotte and Becky but I got a feeling that the, uh, the, late, the late horse in the race that's gaining ground is going to be Lesnar and Rollins and that could be a hostile situation. If Lesnar and Rollins close the show and the and the women who would, would probably go on right before them tear the damn house down, how do you think that Lesnar and Rollins are going to be received emotionally uh, from that crowd? You know exactly how it's going to be. They saw what they came to see, and now they're a little bit indifferent. And that's not how you close a show. Remember, I was talking about that. How you close the show, how you go out there is extremely important. So a lot of, uh, interesting facets to, uh, WrestleMania and, uh, and it'll be, it'll be wonderful. No doubt about it. Hope, I just hope everybody gets good weather. Right. Uh, condolences to the family of uh, former NWA champion, Roger Kirby. Uh, I didn't really know. I met Roger a couple of times back in the seventies. Uh, he beat Danny Hodge for the NWA title at one point, uh, Really an underrated guy, real talented, uh, would be one of the top talents in the, in the business right now based on his skill set, fundamentals and so forth, and, and, and the psychology. So our condolences to uh, the family of Roger Kirby. Uh, and uh, I was doing a little research and saw where Kirby said that Danny Hodge is the toughest man he ever wrestled. <laughs> a lot of guys have said that. So uh, condolences to the, to the family. Uh, Willis Kirby, a.k.a. Roger Kirby, passing away this past Monday at the age of 79. Uh, Here's the old story, man. He fell three weeks ago and broke his hip. In the hospital, they discovered that he had stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Good Lord. He contracted, then he contracted pneumonia and died Monday. Man, that's losing two straight falls, isn't it? God bless him. God bless him. That's why I'm, getting, I'm going to remove my bathtub in my master bathroom and put it in the world's largest shower. I'm kidding. That's an exaggeration. Of course it's not. But an oversized shower, that steam, all that good stuff. Because I don't want my my aging ass to fall and break my hip in a bathtub. If you're an old dude, you don't need to be bathing in butt water anyway. Anyhow, hey, I heard, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of the Call for Alley Club, big supporter club.org. Look, at, look, go on their site. Look at all the things they do. For they help a lot of people really that need, need, need it. And I'm a, happy to be a part of that organization. Of uh, I saw where uh, Dean Ambrose is going to be there this year. My buddy Mark Henry's getting a another major award. So some fun stuff coming out of Las Vegas. Uh, AJ Styles signed a new contract in WWE. I'm sure that's at seven figures plus. That would be a million dollars to you folks like me that maybe have to have a little help their math. I know that I believe that a million dollars downside guarantee for a talent means that that talent uh, got 19,232 or 23 or something. A little over 19 grand a week. You can go to the grocery store on that. Uh, I see, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, that Gallows and Anderson are not going to re-sign with WWE. I would think they'll either go back to New Japan or go with AEW. they are a good team, underutilized. But you can say that about a lot of tag teams. It's just not been a focus. It doesn't seem important. It doesn't seem important uh, on television these days. Uh, really proud for Susie Aitchison. She got the Hall of Fame uh, announcement on, of the Hall of Fame this year. She won the Warrior Award. I was there when the Warrior gave, uh, presented that concept I sitting in the audience. And in all due respect, I wasn't quite sure what he said when it was over. I understand the motive that to honor those that are not in front of the camera all the time, behind-the-scenes contributors. There is no bigger behind-the-scenes contributor in WWE than Sue Aitchison. Over 30 years in the company, uh, and she's just an amazing woman. She's from Wales. So, between her accent and mine, either one of us could understand a damn thing the other said, as a rule. I think, quite frankly, uh, this is the fifth uh, Warrior Award. Maybe upon further review, it should be the Sue Aitchison Award. Just saying. Lacey Evans did a nice interview with uh, Lillian Garcia on Lillian's podcast uh, about a week ago. Some very revealing stuff. Uh, I like Lacey. She she has everything. And I mentioned. When I, I met her at the May Young, the first May Young Classic. She is perfect as far as all the publicity, the PR, the information being the Marines, the, a mom, blah blah blah. All great, really, all great. She's statuesque. She's a beautiful woman. She's physical. But every time she comes out, and all the women in the ring stop everything they're doing, is another say we're dumb. We just saw this last week, and we're going to fall for it again. It's just illogical. Okay, fool me once, okay. Fool me twice, oh, all right. Fool me three times, are you kidding? So uh, Lacey Evans is a great prospect. If she hits her full potential, she's going to be big time. But if she doesn't get back in the ring and, and wrestle and wrestle and wrestle, maybe she is, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard about her on, on the road doing anything until she gets back in the ring and spends her time understanding the foundation, more, more understanding the fundamentals. Uh, she can't, she can't achieve that, uh, potential. I enjoyed last week uh, on the fight F watching the ring of honor, uh, 17th anniversary pay-per-view good show. Enjoyed it. Uh, the, I wasn't ready for the 60 minute main event, but we got there. I had, that's the first time I left, a. It's like me going to the bathroom during the middle of a match is like a a, a wrestling company taking breaks, uh, commercial breaks in the middle of a a match. It reeks of, uh, we're, we're a Broadway play. It doesn't attach to, hey, we're a sport. Quasi, a little crazy, but we're a sport. And we don't leave the game in the middle of action to sell cereal. But good job, Ring of Honor. Did a nice, good show. Uh, didn't have any technical issues whatsoever with the fight it's the Way to go. All you need is a smart device and Wi-Fi. You got everything you need. Uh, I saw where, uh, and I'm going to be in town, but I don't think I'm, I'm going to go to the Ring of the, uh, I'm going to be going to the uh, Busted Open uh, anniversary show, I believe, after my show on Saturday, with Lawler and myself on Saturday at noon. Uh, but I saw at the Garden, what a very intriguing matchup, uh, this uh, ladder match for the ROH world title, Jay Lethal, Matt Taven, and one of my favorite, smartest Girl. Now, did I say it right enough, good enough for some of you dickheads? The villain. See, I was told his last name rhymes with a girl. Sheryl. Skirl. <laughs> no, I'm screwing with you. Uh, ladder match. That'll be, a, that'll be a barn buster. Knowing those guys, are personalities, in the hallowed halls of Madison Square Garden, expect greatness. Too bad it's sold out. You can't get a ticket. But I'm sure if you have the money, you can get a ticket. Major League Wrestling doing well. You get all the information on those dudes at MLWTickets.com. Uh, they're going to be uh, in the Melrose Ballroom in Queens on April 4th and 5th. So check the, that out. They'll have big crowds. It's a, hot, it's a hot product right now. MLWtickets.com. Impact uh, uh, announced that they're gonna, they've they reentered into an agreement with OVW to serve as their official developmental and uh, training facility, a territory, to get guys ready for the next level. Great idea. Al Snow will, is a hell of a trainer. OVW is an excellent school. Uh, I think it's a good marriage. I just hope that they are also putting equal work in preparation and have the same good fortune as uh, finding a television partner as they have a uh, developmental territory partner. On the AEW front, the Young Bucks defeated the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, for the AAA World Tag Team titles a week ago down in Mexico. Big win. Hey, they should have that. I wonder if they could have that match a, re, a rematch at uh, in Las Vegas. That'd be nice, huh? I heard it was really good too. I heard it's really good. By the way, if you haven't been listening to the weekly Road to Double or Nothing uh, show on the web, uh, it is funnier than hell. This uh, the uh, the audio message by Chris Jericho to Cody uh, in the last episode check it out on YouTube and the special and the social media. It's a great weekly show, uh, road to double or nothing. This kid's got some creativity. I give them that man. I will give them that. Uh, my friend, Dan McDevitt's company, MCW pro wrestling down in Maryland. They're going to have a spring fever event. I'm, I'm told. I'm sure my man, Sean Creed will be there as well with special guests, Corey Graves and Renee young where Renee will be getting a neck tattoo as well. That's going to take place on March the 31st in Joppa. In Joppa. Uh, she's not getting a neck tattoo. I'm just kidding. But uh, enjoy that great wrestling brand from Dan and his team. Uh, by the way, speaking of Dan and his team, I want to say get well to MCW's bruiser, R.J. Meyer, by the way, in his battle with leukemia. Uh, there's a goal. Fund Me page has been set up under Bruiser's Battle with Leukemia. Bruiser's Battle with Leukemia. Any help that you feel compelled to help a wrestler uh, for the love of our game, uh, he could use anything to help his medical bills. Bruiser's Battle with Leukemia, great cause. Give back, folks. If it's a dollar, it's important. Uh, the big man, the biggest mayor in the world, I guess. (laughs) The big red machine who barbecued me one time on television. Uh, Glenn Jacobs, aka Kane, is planning a a November release for a book called Mayor Kane My Life in Wrestling and Liberty. Harkens back to the days of Abraham Lincoln, that old wrestler became president. Uh, Oh, by the way, uh, if you're a fan of Kenny Omega from New Japan, now with AEW, uh, the documentary uh, involving Kenny will be airing on TSN in Canada later this month. uh, It's going to premiere next Wednesday, March 27th to be exact, at 7.30 Eastern time. So check that out. I can't wait to get a copy of that myself. I like documentaries. I like these documentaries a lot. Congratulations, my friend. the very, very talented. Maggie Gray. She's a part of the uh, team, the outstanding team at WFAN Radio in New York. Carlin, Maggie, and uh, Bart, afternoon show. She's pregnant. Congratulations, Maggie. That'll be a beautiful baby, no doubt about it. Hope to be, hope I get the chance to say hello while I'm in New York in a couple of weeks. And coming down the home stretch here on Here's What's On My Mind uh, Remember, Slaverknocker is available at uh, Amazon.com. Uh, hardcover web book, e-book, whatever you call it, shows you how smart I am, and uh, the uh, audio book, which I read, and I hope that you'll check out, amazon.com. I'll be signing books. We'll have books at all of our shows in New York coming up, New Jersey. I'll be selling and signing books for your convenience. Love to see you. Uh, You know, we're doing more Comic Cons in 2019, at least that's a plan. If you're interested in us showing up at your Comic-Con and, and uh, helping you, and you helping us, wanting a little teamwork that weekend, uh, contact uh, Rafael Morphy. He's on Twitter, at nyc at r-m-o-r-f-n-y-c. Uh, or you can email us at the, to the JimRoschReport at gmail.com. Uh, www.shop's got my food products. Appreciate their uh, support of that. And also in Ingalls markets in the southeast part of the country. Uh, I saw, I got a nice picture of somebody that got some uh, JRs in, in Georgia the other day at an Ingalls store. Appreciate you guys, your pictures, and your kind words on our product. It's an homage to my mother and my, my, and my late wife. They were the brainchild behind this product. And I'd like to keep it alive for them, to be honest with you. You said, oh, JRs is making more money. Well, you know, you'd be surprised. It's a it's a it's a it's a passion product, quite frankly, and I like for others to taste what I tasted growing up. So what? Uh, Sunday morning at WrestleMania, I'm going to join the guys at Two Man Power Trip. They got a great podcast, by the way, at Two Man Power Trip on Twitter uh, at the Midland's uh, uh, Plaza Hotel, and uh, I think that's at ten o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning to two, maybe. Uh, so anyway, uh, tickets available at on Twitter at bp Just go to at bp tickets on Twitter and uh, check out how to get your tickets. Should be a lot of fun. I, I've been social media and that those graphics, a lot of talent there that I hadn't seen in so long. It's going to be probably one of the more unique signings of the whole weekend, and it's in a good time too. Sunday morning ten. You're not going to miss it. If you're going to WrestleMania, you're cool. You're in good shape on time. And of course, on Monday night, uh, after Raw, after Raw, can you imagine what the the tune and the tenor is going to be? And we're, tickets are still available, but they're moving well, and we're really happy for that. And thank you for it for those of you that bought tickets. Uh, Monday night after Raw, about it's about a midnight show. <laughs> uh, Conrad Thompson, Bruce Pritchard, myself, first time ever, all three of us fat guys on the stage together. Watch out for flying chairs. Uh, and it's at the Murmur Theater in Brooklyn, less than a mile from the Barclay Center. Tickets on sale now at, of course, the world famous BrucePritchard.com and Ticketfly.com. So we're looking forward to that big crowd, big room, uh, over 700 seats. So we'll see how much we'll see how see if we can pack it. Help us out. showing us after Raw. Then the following weekend, I'm going to be at one of those cons we talked about, a great one, too, Steel City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, just outside Pittsburgh. I'll be there on Friday the 12th through Sunday the 14th. Information at SteelCityCon.com. I talked about Collier Alley Club, love that group. I'll also be back in Vegas in uh, the Memorial Day weekend uh, doing a variety of things, uh, specifically at starcast Two. Uh, the 1989 discussion with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat should be precious for all of us. I can't wait to, to experience that and see the twinkle in their eyes. They talk about that those three matches that will hold up with anybody. Omega, Okada, great. Absolutely great. Did it blow Flair and Steamboat away? No. Get serious. No. Uh. So I'll be out there for that. And then the King and I are going to be out there in, at Starcast 2 doing q and A, Q&A, which should be a blast. And quite frankly, you know, I don't know how many more of these we got in us of our different. You know, I'm not going to be a WWE guy for many more hours, and I don't know how that's going to affect his schedule or, or mine. But nonetheless, join us Memorial Weekend, uh, and for all the information you want, man, uh, just hop on to uh, Starcast.com. Love to see you in Las Vegas, Starcast.com. Check it out for all the packages. They got travel packages, they got hotel packages. Uh, it's going to be the, one of the most amazing arrays of talent that I personally have ever been affiliated with. And I'm I'm going to enjoy it. I know you will as well. Memorial Weekend. Memorial Day weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, Starcast.com is where you find All your tickets and all your information. Love to see you there. And uh, I'm also going to be in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area uh, coming in June. June 6th, Thursday, June 6th with the Florence Freedom Minor League Baseball Club. Florence, Kentucky. Florencefreedom.com got all your information. Florencefreedom.com. Thursday, June 6th. See you there, baseball fans. Dan Gibbon Museum. Yes, sir. You know, I'll be there. I'm going to host the banquet this year. Missed last year because I was of my work duties, which almost is oxymoronic. Uh, did I really work? I'm a shooter, man. Come on. Uh, speaking of shooters, it's a great segue, right? At Wrestling Museum has your information to be a part of the Luthes George Traegas uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction. It's July 25 through 27. All kinds of packages available. Great family event, and the I can't wait to see the new, the new uh, facility, and all the renovations been going on. I love that place. It, it's a it's a if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't ventured soldiered wor- your way to Waterloo, I, I promise you you're missing something. And uh, finally, uh, for those that ask, and uh, you know my contract with WWE ends on Friday, March 29th. 26 amazing years. Uh, really, I was so blessed and so fortunate to be there when I was, uh, but to be given an opportunity to grow as a professional, as an administrator, and as a broadcaster. So I can't thank the McMahon family enough for that. And, you know, the old deal is sometimes it's better to be lucky than smart. I was very lucky that I was there when the company was a struggling, uh, privately owned company to going public with a $160 million IPO and uh, then being able to enjoy many years of uh, stock grants and options, which, which uh, obviously uh, nailed down and, and, and uh, established and, and confirmed my, my future financially for Jan and me. And so uh, I, I well, that's part of the story here. I don't like being alone. I don't like being in an empty house. Maybe I need to buy a dog or a cat. Yeah, I get it, but it's not as easy as that. So I need to be um, I need to be around people, and I need to be busy. Hence, Paul O'Brien, and I are writing another book, and and you know we're I'm working this podcast uh, idea with Conrad. We're gonna we're definitely gonna do a new podcast together. Just don't know when it's gonna start or what it's gonna be called, but probably sometime after WrestleMania. I'm excited about that as much as I've ever been excited about anything I've ever done in the podcast world. But I really believe that uh, I, I don't need to be sitting at home. I think my life's extended by being busy and around positive people and busy people and people with a destination. Everybody needs a destination, folks. Everybody needs a destination. And for me, that's getting out of my house and staying busy. But I want to, I want to thank Vince McMahon and his family. They were fair with me and, and we didn't always ag- agree. And I think he loved that. We didn't, we didn't always have a, a, I didn't, I wasn't a yes man, but I was a company man and I always had his back. No matter if I liked it or not, that was my job. So, uh, I learned so much there and I, but I just want to stay in the game. I want to be in the business I love. I want to go out and do shows, I want to talk about it, I want to podcast about it, and I want to broadcast about it. It's been my life since I was a teenager. I'm 67, full of piss and vinegar. So retirement is not an option whatsoever. Staying busy is. I'll keep you posted. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind. She's always been an amazing woman, and we were just talking before going on the air here. Tori Wilson came. uh, We hired her in 2001 from uh, WCW, and quite frankly, because of the uh, lay of the land uh, and because of her talent and her youth, her look, she was a huge get for us, and I was really happy that we we were able to sign her. Uh, and Tori Wilson is with us here today. Going to the Hall of Fame, I've got to say congratulations. I'm really, really proud of you.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Were you surprised you got the call? <laughs>
2: yes, I was. Actually, Mark Carano called me, and I was on a retreat in Sedona, and I thought he was just calling me to, you know, to, to invite me to go watch the show, and he kind of threw me for, for a little loop there. Uh, yeah, definitely surprised.
0: Well, you certainly uh, earned it. I, I like the anytime anybody's inducted into the Hall of Fame and largely because it's WWE uh, and they make the biggest deal out of a Hall of Fame. I'm, I went in in 2007, very proud of it. I don't look at it as a token deal. I look at it as a gimmick. You know, so I say, well, how can you how can you be serious about the Hall of Fame, JR? They don't even have a building. Well, you know, I don't I, I don't know what that means. I'm not an architecture, but. The issue is, for those of us that have gone to the highest level of our business, which is WWE, to enter the Hall of Fame, to me is a big deal.
2: It really is. You know, I actually never I never realized how much of a big deal it was until I felt it. Like, I just, I didn't, you know, real. I've had fans say, oh, someday you'll be in the Hall of Fame, and I just never really thought it would happen, A. And I just really like it's I've had so many emotional moments just thinking back, because you know for me, especially because I never really won a championship, I never felt like I don't know if love's the right word, but i just I feel appreciated mm-hmm. and um, you know, there's no feeling like that. I feel like everybody in every area of of whether you're a wrestler or you know a painter, we should all get this moment and be appreciated. It just really feels good.
0: It's great advice for people that are building relationships as well. I had a 25-year, more than that, actually, uh, friendship. I had a best friend, and I married her. And, uh, mm. you know, and those moments are, uh, you know, they're, they're they're captivating, they're heartwarming, they're heartbreaking sometimes. But, man, those relationships, she taught me how to be a better man and how to respect a relationship better than uh, any, any experience I had in my life. So all these things you're you're involved in some really cool things tell us what you're doing because you're not really waist deep in wrestling right now you know you're you you do not i don't see your name at all the comic cons and all the wrestle cons and the con cons and all that stuff uh, what are you what are some of the great works that you're doing because i know that they're there tell us about those
2: well you know i'm I, i'm truly just trying to my best to use the, the steps from my past to create a future i think a lot of times where we get tripped up is we hold on too long to our past and don't forge a new chapter and you know a big thing growing up and you know i had an eating disorder when i was in high school in college and um you know always kind of battled self-confidence issues and you know, even in the WWE, it was like a battle of constantly feeling like, you know, you're not good enough. And my biggest thing is that I just feel like everybody deserves to feel confident and and good about themselves. So, you know, health and fitness has always been a huge, you know, deal for me. Um, mind, body, soul, you know, how we think about ourselves staying positive is equally important as exercising. And my goal is just to get people feeling like they are the shit because everybody deserves that. And it always trickles down into all other areas of our life. If we don't like who we see in the mirror, we accept just mediocre relationships. We, you know, we find ourselves in friendships where we're not being valued. It affects lots of different areas. And, you know, I just, more than anything, I feel for the guy and the girl out there that has no confidence, that's scared to walk into a gym, that thinks that they don't have what it takes to reach for their dreams and just to give them a boost and help them find that person that is inside of them already um, and make them bigger, to be, basically to be their own superhero.
0: Yeah, and it's so important to enhance one's uh, self-esteem because if we don't respect ourselves, folks, and we don't have self-esteem, don't be naive enough to think others are going to give it to you. If they see you don't have it, you know, it's it's not going to work. So I, 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 that's one of the messages I get from, you know, you're, you're on social media. Uh, you, people can read what you do. They can see what you do oftentimes. I've always, I've been amazed at these things, especially the older I get. And then being a widower, things like these Mm -hmm. retreats where you're working on your self-esteem and you're, you're working on your communication skills really has uh, interested me more uh, since uh, Jan got killed than, than it did prior to that, which is unfortunate to say, but at least I'm being truthful.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think an important thing to remember is usually it's like the worst times in our life where we just can't hardly scrape ourselves up off the floor that can create a flower, um, and it's it's hard to admit it. It's hard to see it, but they create something in us that, that – is very valuable and can help other people um, as long as we're willing to open our eyes to it. Just like you, Jan was such an amazing human and she's surely an amazing angel right now for you. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are, have lost someone and they don't know, they don't know who to turn to and, and maybe just seeing what you're writing on social media is helping them get through their day. And there, there's just something really special about that.
0: I know that uh, my issues of Bell's Palsy, and I have had it three times. I can't smile still. You know, I got a 10th-grade a, granddaughter and a 7th-grade granddaughter that have never seen Grandpa smile except in pictures. I can make a big deal out of that. I can write a country song, for God's sake. You know, my buddy Toby <laughs> Keith or somebody. But the issue is, that's the hand I was dealt. So now, what are your options? Well, you can absorb it and deal with it uh, and let it go, or you can get yourself back up and, and live a better day. So I, I really believe that this self-esteem thing is a, is a huge deal. And that speaks to the segue here on the, the locker room. When I was in charge of talent, I was very proud of the fact that I was given a mandate by Vince to get, uh, more women that are athletic and beautiful, smart, se- Remember the, 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 old, the old slogan, smart, sexy, and powerful. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he wanted. At one time, it was like, could she, this girl you're looking at, Jared, Could she be on the cover of Playboy? Well, yeah. So that was kind of the yardstick, and it's kind of crazy to say that today, based on what we're seeing today in WWE, the women's wrestling revolution. You know, Tori, they're athletic as hell. There, it's amazing what they, how they raised the game. And I don't want to knock any of the, our girls that we had in the Attitude Era, but boy, some of these cats are. They prepared for this moment for them, I think, largely because of what they watched on television and saw you and. Trish and Lita and Jazz and Jackie Moore and, and Ivory and all these ladies and there's um, Lisa Marie, yeah. even Don Don Marie came in and made a, a got herself over and she wasn't a trained quote unquote wrestler. She was a personality that had a big personality and we and she also was a very attractive woman. So uh, that was a that was a challenge for me. It kind of squeezed me a little bit on my philosophy. I always thought that you know well look you get a real a, a great conditioned. Uh, athletic a uh, woman that's aggressive, we can get her a makeover. I often say that I would love to have the hair concession at WWE. God, you can make a fortune. So what do you see? <laughs> You've been around them a little bit here uh, in and out, but what do you see the well, big difference in, in the uh, in the two rosters?
2: You know, it's just funny. I was actually I was talking to somebody about this the other day it, what, that only knew wrestling just kind of from the outside and their perspective, and it was really interesting because – during my time, there really wasn't a ton of women before us kind of showing us the way. So we were kind of like learning as we go, like, just like you were saying, like, you know, Vince is asking for 10s, but he wants them to be able to wrestle and all of that. So we kind of like started creating our own thing. And a lot of the girls that are there now were young, obviously, not to age ourselves, but they were watching us and watching us just getting in the ring enough and wanting to be that. And whereas before we pretty much, I know for myself, I learned in front of all the fans, like I was thrown out there, you know, of course I showed up early in practice, but basically I was learning in front of the fans. And these girls today have really paid their dues, you know, in wrestling school for a long time. NXT, Um, they're, they're coming out of that. Their first day in WWE is they're on fire already. They know what they're doing. They're already, you know, trained and really good at what they're doing. So there's no stopping them. And it's just so I watch the shows for the women these days. And um, the old lady part of me goes, wow, Charlotte, is she going to be able to walk when she's 40?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, she's a good, a good example. She's amazingly athletic. She's a D- Division One athlete. Uh, you know she's a in, in the in a elevated class like Rousey. You know Ronda Rousey is a world class athlete, and uh, I get a kick out of the fact that she and Becky are doing this very creative thing on Twitter, and that some fans actually believe that they're out of control, and that they are have gone into business for themselves. Now you know yeah. as well as I know, <laughs> how often do you go into business for yourself with Vince, in Vince McMahon's company? Not that often. <laughs> that
2: lasts about two minutes. Exactly. <laughs>
0: So I say that their tweets are creative and they're, they're, they're making their point. They're keeping their name out there. I even went on a deal the other day and said on, on, on social media that it's amazing to me that the women in WWE are dominating social media, promoting their angles, their storylines, their appearances, uh, new gear, whatever it may be. They're keeping their image alive and continue to build their brand, whereas a lot of guys uh, only want to show you pictures of their abs. Oh, God bless you. Well, wow.
2: it's brilliant on the girls' behalf because, you know, it sets them up for whatever they choose to do later in life. Um, unfortunately, we can't be wrestlers our entire life. Our body's just not going to let us. Right. And, uh, you know, letting people in on your life really I, it makes them care.
0: Exactly. And the women have got – they get it. And they go to the extra effort to make sure that those messages are distributed in a timely and effective manner. The guys – uh, some of these guys are doing the same spots, the same comeback, the same build up to the comeback, the same way to lose everything. Nothing changes because they found their comfort zone. I think it speaks back to some of the work you 're doing we as a human being as a race Tori, i don 't think we can find our comfort zone and then dwell in it. I think that 's a kiss of death because if you 're not growing you're you're you 're dying really
2: yeah, and the older we get, the scarier it is and it 's just i find a lot of times we have to put ourselves in situations where we're not willingly going to step into an uncomfortable situation, but we might get pushed.
0: Right. Right. I heard you on busted open the other day. Uh, one of my favorite shows. I, I enjoy that, uh, show it, it kind of speaks to how big the business has gotten. When you've got a, a major uh, network like Sirius XM doing, uh, six hours a day, uh, pro wrestling Monday through Friday, they do their show, then they repeat it. So. I heard you on that there the other day, and, and talking about uh, with Bubba taking the table. How, how nervous were you? Did you have to be talked into that that bump, or was you just gung ho, bright eyed, bushy tailed? Let's, uh, let's try it.
2: I, you know, I was pretty gung ho, bright eyed, bushy tailed. Like it, like it was cool. Like it was cool to be put through a table by the Dudleys. It was, you know, it was as scared as I was. I, you know, how cool it was really overrode my fear.
0: All right. Well, it was a memorable spot. People still talk about those spots. I, and I want to ask you about I don't know how much you're around May. She was a hell of a character. Was,
2: Did, oh, she was. You know, I just saw something on Instagram. It's so great now that people can tag you and matches you totally forgot about. And they had a match against May and Mula. And man, those two, I miss them.
0: Yeah, me too. May's role in the wrestling in the beginning was not as a star, her role in the wrestling in the beginning was as a policeman. Meaning that if some girl got too big for her britches and didn't want to follow the commands and the orders Thanks. of the unscrupulous Booker Billy Wolf, who was uh, married to uh, Mildred Burke, uh, May would straighten him out and she would fight, fight their ass. she'd beat him up. That was her d- oh my gosh, she, she was that the policeman just fits her <laughs> yeah, it does right? And she had no fear. I remember Leroy McGurk, my first boss Tori, telling me he was in Tulsa. He was involved when when May tried out. Out of she was at Sand Springs High School, and I can't remember what woman it was. It might have been Mildred, who was considered like the Hulk Hogan of the women. And she's only five feet tall, uh, but she had those big biceps and she, that Rosie the Riveter pose that we see forever in the you know Rosie mm-hmm. the Riveter. That was that was Mildred Burke's image. So uh, Mildred came to Tulsa, and uh, somehow another Leroy arranged for uh, Johnny May Young to uh, to try out. And May beat the shit out of the champion, because she didn't know how to work. She thought it was a shoot, oh, and so wow. they had to stop it real quick because they were afraid May was going to actually hurt Mildred Burke. I think it was Mildred Burke. It's either Mildred Burke, June Bar, somebody big, the top of the line talent. And they knew then they had something. And uh, but she was a character, man.
2: I mean, I, I remember once her. She had to do something with I think Maven in the ring, and like she her crotch had to be in his face. And I remember she put fish, she put food in her crotch. Yeah. Just a ribbon.
0: Oh my God. No wonder he's not in the business anymore. <laughs> he has a, he has a, <laughs> he has a quote unquote bad taste in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we had, we had a locker room full of characters uh, without a doubt. And the one thing I, I, I'm writing my second book, the sequel to Slavernocker, And uh, one thing I'm talking about in there at at, at some point is, how the locker room dynamic changed when uh, we in talent relations fulfilled Mr. McMahon's wishes and hired a bunch of tens and very sexy athletic women. It was a, it was a big change for the the locker room area because heretofore the only women that were backstage were the occasional valet, a scary Sherry Martell, you know Miss Elizabeth. They're they're one offs, and now you got locker room or two full of beautiful women hanging around catering and backstage. And uh, I used to, I told Vince, this is going to change the whole dynamic of the locker room. He he didn't quite get it until he got it. What was the difference? What was the dynamic like? Were there jealousy from some of the men because you're getting key minutes off the television uh, or, or was it just there a... There
2: was some of that. There was, I don't know if jealousy was the right word, but there would be snide remarks made, uh, you know, to me. That I never really took to heart, that, you know, where I might get more of a crowd reaction and some guy's busting his ass and I'm just shaking mine. Frustration, I'm sure. But that, I think that just kind of, you're going to see that anywhere. Yeah. The biggest thing that I saw with the females is that, you know, in theory, it all sounds great. You want all these 10s that are athletic and everything, but then there's so many other things to factor in. Like, can they handle being on the road 300 days a year? Can they handle a male locker room atmosphere and hang with the guys and not get too emotional? Um, you know, are they willing to push past being sore every day from taking bumps? You know, there's so many other factors.
0: I have always thought, and I, and I may be wrong and it admits to me, my old schoolness of being a father of two daughters. I've always thought that uh having a wrestling relationship where both the male and the female are in the business was a little bit daunting because I I've seen situations where women that were married to wrestlers and they're both they're both vying for television time there's issues there that do you share that philosophy or yeah. it,
2: I don't, I I understand what you're saying. I don't necessarily share that philosophy, but I can see how, uh, you know, I think no matter what business you're in, if one person's getting more, being celebrated more than the other, it kind of starts to feel like the relationship is a little unbalanced. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, if you're the, it's feeling like you're the inferior one, it can definitely cause issues because then you're trying to prove yourself. Um, But, at the same time, relationships, shoot, we're on the road so much. It's like if you can have a relationship that works, it's kind of nice to have someone on the road with you.
0: Yeah, I can, uh, that I can see wholeheartedly. My my issue is that if you don't have great communication as a couple and if you don't have mm-hmm. uh, there's the the respect of, the, of uh, your spouse or your significant other in this case, you, you, if those things are missing – like any other relationship, it's not going to last long. It's not, it's no. Be, you know, so. And
2: trust. Like, you got to trust. I mean, you're both being surrounded by a lot of temptation, and you're not always going to be together, so you got to trust each other.
0: Right. And that's challenging for any relationship, without a doubt. I heard there's going to mix and changes, this. WWE is going to mix and changes in the presentation of the Hall of Fame. Don't know if that's accurate or not, but uh, what I read or heard was that it may, it may not be so dependent on, uh, presenters.
2: Yeah, that's what I've been told. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to cut down on the ceremony a little bit so some some of those wrestlers can get back to the hotel and sleep before the big day.
0: <laughs> right, that helps. That's why I always thought yeah. that the uh, Hall of Fame was perfectly placed on Friday night. I know there's other other things at play, but by doing it on Friday night when I was in charge of town, it was always the, the, the motto was, let's get these cats the opportunity to go to bed rest Mm -hmm. because we need everything they have and a little bit more at wrestlemania so would it be safe to say that if you have an inductor it will be a female yeah okay i thought so why not i mean it's it's a great rub for them and it it also solidifies the how how impactful women are now in, in the business which is can you imagine how much fun you would have in today's marketplace if you oh. were, if it was 2001 and you're just getting started oh, and learning no. and, and had a performance center to go to, to polish your skills and not being, oh. and not lear- learning on the run and all that stuff. That's yeah, hey, that's that's challenging, man. Challenging.
2: It's, it's, uh, but it's really cool for them. It's really cool.
0: So, uh, you're on, uh, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, Instagram, you're on, you're on everything, right? Is it all at Tori Wilson?
2: It's all uh, Tori Wilson on Instagram and Tori 11 on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Okay. Where'd the 11 come from?
2: I don't know. Actually, it was actually the day I got married. I'm still using the number 11, even though I'm divorced. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <sighs> being, di- being,
0: di- being divorced is not a bad thing. It happens in, all- it happens in the yeah, best of families, right? It happens in the best of yeah. families. Do you, see, do you keep in touch with Stacy Keever at all?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I still see her. How's she doing? She's doing great. She's got her second little baby. She has a little baby boy now who's under a year, and uh, she's just a great mom.
0: I bet. What a great soul she had. There's there's women that I've managed in this job I had that I really wanted them to find something better. And you mm. and Stacy were two of those people. I thought, this is good for now. It's good name identity. Make a few bucks. Mm. You're smart, you'll save some of it create business relationships and experiences, but, man, you guys had so much. It just didn't seem to be, because I had a very poor opinion of the women uh, as human beings, no different than their peers, the men uh, of that generation. It was a very seedy, Mm -hmm. kind of a, you know, carny-like environment.
2: Could be, yeah, could be, yeah. You know, it's really cool with her because she's like someone that has traveled and experience things as I have, like we both experienced wrestling, which you don't really understand unless you've been there. We've both had some really highs, really big highs, really big lows, seen a lot. And we still have the same thinking that at the end of the day, it's it's basically who you are on the inside that matters above all.
0: Absolutely. And, And don't compromise your beliefs and your principles, no matter what, it's not going to forge your career in any degree. Because people that are making decisions know that if you're taking the bait for something unscrupulous, that you'd take a, you'll take the bait again for somebody else, and it's just not a mm-hmm. good it's not a good scenario to be in. Do uh, you still sign autographs for your Playboy cover?
2: I still do, yeah. Because
0: I figure they're collector's out yeah. items now. I mean, all due do respect. But
2: they are. Yeah. Last cool. time I signed one, I, lo- I I looked at the date and I was like, oh my god, I think I need to scribble the date out of this now. This is like <laughs> feeling way too old.
0: Yeah, tell tell them you're a teen. You fake you your you your age, Have phony ID. Uh, well, listen. Uh, you're doing great things at Tory Eleven on Twitter. Uh, she's a great follow, and she doesn't wear you out, folks. So if you're you want somebody that's not going to wear it, beef up your timeline. It won't, but only with good stuff. I uh, suggest uh, <laughs> voluntary. Uh, so uh, what it's do you put it. Uh, other than your uh, Hall of Fame induction and uh, you're you've got to write your own speech, right?
2: I am, um, yes. I've been working on it.
0: Good. Less is more. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know <laughs> yes. that. Well, the t- the attention span of everybody depends on when you go on. If well, you're go-
2: yeah. And, you know, I just really want for I really want to be able to share something with people that they can walk away with and feel like they know me a little better, and it's not just wrestling stories and thank yous, but like kind of like something I've been able to walk away from the wrestling business with.
0: Great. That's good. And, well, uh, that'd, be, that'd be good.
2: In under ten
0: minutes. <laughs> wow. Well, man, you you may be you may get the MVP award. Uh, you've already you've already risen the popularity poll. If everybody would adhere to, the t- but you know it won't. The DX the DX uh, acceptance will probably be half an hour.
2: Yeah, I hope I'm before them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know when I went uh, when I went in the Hall of Fame, I was the first one up, and oh, that was lucky a, year. And I was the first one up, and Dusty was the last one up. Uh, and I had, uh, this old bald headed guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin as my inductor. So mm. I, 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 salted the well. I already knew what I was going to get because he got a huge ovation coming out. He, he, he didn't write a damn word down about me. He just inducted me with what he's felt and what he believed. And it was just great. I, I, I don't, I, I can, mm. I can, I can close my eyes right now, Tori, and look out in the crowd there in Detroit, 2007 to see my wife crying. She was so oh. moved by the whole, Oh, it was great. Uh, you know, if people care, they the standing ovations. Uh, the we love that. We you love it. I love it. We want to be. Yeah. At, we all want to be uh, received with respect and, and love and admiration. No matter if it's our like I said earlier, our relationship in life, or our business relationship, and certainly as a performer. If you don't have that trait as a performer, you ain't gonna last long. You're just
2: not. No, you, people gotta love you or hate you, or else you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, you can't be Geneva. You, you don't want to be Switzerland. Neutral. You gotta have some <laughs> yeah. move, move the needle a little bit. Well, listen, uh, I really thank you so much for jumping on with us this week. I'm very very proud of your of your uh, induction to the Hall of Fame. I I remember uh, so vividly that at the TV tapings uh, when everybody came to both tapings at that time, uh, mm-hmm. as as best I recall, that you were running the bleachers. Up and down, up and down. Oh,
2: I loved doing
0: that. And, he, and 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 we men loved watching you run those bleachers.
2: Oh gosh! <laughs> no, so, I, I Is told that somebody why this. Everyone always asked me if I was going to do the bleachers today.
0: Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Because we knew you weren't going to run in overalls or coveralls. You were going to oh, run okay. in your workout gear. Uh, so and but the the people don't realize what how amazing condition you were in. And it was because even at TV days, you were, you had a major workout before we ever started, because those bleachers are can be treacherous, quite frankly. Uh, They're beef. You, yeah, and you did it, and that I remember that vividly. It's just I don't sound like a sicko, pervert, or something, but <laughs> no. yeah, you got a beautiful blonde woman, five seven, five eight, running the bleachers. Sometimes it takes your attention away from what you're actually sitting there to do. <laughs> It was much more interesting than some of the matches that we call, quite frankly, to be honest. Not your matches, but other matches. So, uh, but <laughs> I'm, I, I'm glad gl- I
2: could spice up people's day.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, in a very harmless way. And and you were getting in great shape. I just don't think people realize of all the women on the roster in that attitude era. You arguably were the best conditioned one of the bunch because I didn't see any other women running. They all they like to pump and get a cut and you know, get a little tricep and all this other stuff. But man, you were yeah. you were a cardio machine, and I thought that was just awesome. And You know, I think I don't think enough wrestlers run today. It's all about look.
2: Well, it's hard when you're, you know, the the hard part is when you're tired and you're on the road all the time. Sometimes that's the last thing you want to do, but it's also the most important thing.
0: Exactly, right.
2: Whether we want to or not.
0: Well, you've had a great career. It's not nearly over. You're doing a lot of exciting things. Folks, keep up with Tori, again, uh, on social media. Uh, And, again, I follow her on Twitter, at Tori Wilson, or Tori 11, right? Tori 11 Tori 11 yep yeah and the number 11 folks so for those of you that are wondering I don't get I don't get okay. your email are you talking okay. about this these fellow ele or is it to numbers no it's the numbers kids Tory 11 difference. yeah you should and right now while you're looking at your phone go ahead and follow and, and look thank yeah. you so much for jumping on I respect you I think the world of you uh, you've like, always been a, a great pro and a great lady thank and you. I have always respected you for those things and many more so Thanks for jumping on today, kiddo.
2: Thanks for having me, Jr. Hope to see you up there.
0: Uh, Me too. Hope so too. Take care and have a great day.
2: Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: I appreciate Tori Wilson joining us here on the program. A sweetheart of a lady. Man, she's in great shape. She is in such great shape and she's focused. She has such a great outlook on life, philosophy. Uh, I'm just happy to say she's my friend. Congratulations, Tori. You deserve it, no matter what some of these idiots may say that know the answer to everything. Uh, moving in now to Slavon Rocker of the Week. Well, there's some good candidates for this this week. Uh, uh, one, I, I start off af- alphabetically. Bob Armstrong, 79 years old, folks. He's the patriarch of the renowned Armstrong family, one of the great, great wrestling families in the history of the wrestling business. Uh, you know, uh, And he, he had his last match. Uh, uh, just recently, hours ago, in Pensacola, at age 79, it was his Bob's 59th year as a pro wrestler. And I understand his uh, family was all there, including the Road Dog, uh Hall of Famer himself. Bob, of course, is a Hall of Famer. He's a class act. Bob Armstrong was the classic example of what a territory babyface must be to establish longevity and productivity. No doubt. And right now, let me tell you something. That old former Marine still a hell of a man. Michael Bisving, I met uh, with Kurt Angle out in Arizona on a pay-per-view we did, Crazy Venture. Uh, and uh, Michael is going into the USC Hall of Fame. I found him to be extremely engaging. Michael Bisping would have been one of the great pro wrestling villains in recent memory if he had chosen that path. Great talker, great instincts, and a tough son of a gun. So cheers to Michael Bisping uh, on his, uh, the announcement he's going into the USC Hall of Fame. Good dude. Good dude. I mean, he's, a, he's a fighter. Man. He's a real fighter. Uh, thought Dave Batista should be nominated for the Sovereign Rocker of the Week with a very strong promo. It wasn't too long, thank God. I don't know what whose who's vision it is. It can't be Vince's vision. That the longer the promo, the better that it is. Are we crazy? Are we that insecure? Good God. That's that whole deal, like I said with Vince earlier. Tell me what time it is, not how to make the watch, Jr. Yes, sir. Uh, Chris Jericho gets a nomination for his voicemail, a message to Cody, on the uh, last Road, Road to Double or Nothing uh, web episode. Very funny. Check it out. Listen to him every week. Uh, I'm going to give Travis Brown a nomination for Slobber Rock of the Week because he knocks some slaughter out of that dude's face for that forearm shot. That was a forearm shiver personified, a slobber knocker of a hit. I'd, Travis Brown would be a handful. I've watched him fight many times in USC. You, ain't got, you don't have to look for him. He's there to fight. I like the Chicago crowd on Monday night, did a good job. Uh, when things needed help, at least they weren't Lafayette, did a good job. I love Chicago. Uh I guess it's because of the ridiculous pay. You kind of give got to give Mike Trout a nomination. 12 years, 430 million. Really? It's all about marketing, building a new stadium, cuz there's no way in hell that you can expect a full payout of, of productivity and asking for a 12-year career uh, and, in 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 a guaranteed money situation. I would have front load that, that, that bastard. Or, or maybe they just said, no, well, just, we'll kind of like amortize it. We'll just, we'll pay him less and pay him for more years. And bottom line is $430 million. And I just don't believe that any ball player in the world is worth $430 million. Sorry. Old school. Yeah. Case closed, Ernie, because I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. Kofi Kingston had a great appearance. The gauntlet was wonderful. He's over. He's ready. Strike with the orange heart, hot WWE. You have rediscovered lightning in a bottle from an unlikely source who's only been around 11 years. He had it when he wrestled Randy Orton in the garden. I call that match. I remember it. He was ready then, and they WWE lost it. They disconnected from Kofi at that time. Now, time is, we've come full circle. He's back. I hope they don't miss the mark this time. And ladies and gentlemen, the Slobber Rock of the Week, I talked about her earlier, Sue Aitchison, over 30 years of WWE service. She does most of the organiza- organizing of the uh, uh, Make-A-Wish. I think I read where she had done a part of over 6,000 Make-A-Wish appearances The WWE superstars. Uh, to uh, seriously ill children, many of them terminal. Susie's a wonderful person. I mentioned she's from Wales, and I also mentioned that after she and I had a couple of cocktails, neither of us could understand what the other was saying. She from Wales; me from Oklahoma. I love Susie, good woman. Uh, credit to the wrestling business, and I'm not as I mentioned earlier. It's going to piss off some people. I'm not. I don't mean that, but. All I'm saying is that Sue is, is would be a great name for an award. Just saying. Congratulations, Susie. Congratulations. You certainly are deserving. And that's the Rocker of the Week.
1: I'm sitting at one of the Stuart Firehouses. No pet. Raccoons are overdosing here. Well, if they show up, you
2: and
0: Well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are at one of my favorite parts of the show, the Pet Coon Goofy Award. I love this. It's just fun. It's it's fun pointing out the misery of others. Don't we all love that? Don't we love the dirt? Did you get the sheets? Did you get the dirt? (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Uh, Pet Coon Goofy Award. Well, here's the thing. There's There's some humor in this deal. First of all, it was suggested that we talk about Carlos Santana. I'm thinking. Well, Carlos Santana's got a new album. He's a legend, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest guitarists of all time, rock and roller. He's got a new album coming out, but no. Uh, Rafael Morphy is a baseball, former baseball player, some uh, r- regard, put at Boston College. And uh, Cardinal, Cardinal Malloy, High School, in New York City. Hot shot. He slips in Carlos Santana, the baseball player, who admitted to taking a bat to the TV in the Phillies clubhouse late last season when he learned that multiple teammates oh, gasp, were playing the popular video game of Fortnite during a September game after Philadelphia had been eliminated from postseason contention. Let me get some more dirt there. I know a PR guy in that Philadelphia area that might be able to give me some more information on that deal. Uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, my God. Well, you talk about a team that needs leadership and maturity and uh, dropping their set. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know where their heart is, but it's maybe on a milk cart in some place. But right now it's lost. Embarrassing. A lot of talent. But not a lot of leadership from what I see. Could be wrong. Uh, I think it's Petcoon Goofy to continue to book music interrupts that people, especially baby faces, fall for. It's making said baby face look like Ned in the first reader. And this week's Petcoon Goofy Award will go to, speaking of Rashling, Kurt was on the spot to announce. Uh, Baron Corbin as his WrestleMania opponent. People got to understand, I think most of us that were not overwhelmed, as a matter of fact, as I quoted, underwhelmed about that announcement, was it it spoke more to Corbin than it did to Kurt's retirement. I don't know how many more chances WWE, of course, Jerry Briscoe has this way, they'll sign more, but I don't know how many more uh, Olympic gold medalists the WWE is going to sign going forward. You hope more, right? Kurt Angle was a once in a lifetime guy and maybe some people are saying, well, maybe his tenure in TNA impact wrestling tarnishes his legacy. I think that's bullshit. Uh, he is one of the all time greats in the game period. I saw, I heard uh, busted open Dave LaGreca said he was in his top 10, all time top 10. That's a pretty good recommendation by the way. So, uh, and I think that's kind of what this is all about. I think people embrace Kurt leaving. He's gone through so many trials and tribulations. Uh, he, you know, the be, trying to address his drug and alcohol issues, which he has. God bless. Uh, he was a workhorse and a warhorse there in WWE for many, many years. He was huge. He came along when we needed a star. And so whether he left and went to impact what he did or not to me is absolutely irrelevant to this issue. Apparently it may not be to some people. I don't know, but I think the winner of the Pep and goofy award goes to those that have undersold the importance of this legendary performers final match. And maybe also it's cause in pro wrestling. When you say you're going to retire, it means nothing. Maybe that's part of our fault guys retiring and then coming back for a payday. But nonetheless, the so the the presentation of Kurt Angle's last match to me, unequivocally, is the Petcoon Goofy Award winner of this week. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Well, still to come here, my conversation with Eric Bischoff. We caught Eric uh, earlier today. As you know, a new show escapes every Wednesday. So earlier on Wednesday morning, Eric and I caught up. And he was a... Uh, Getting ready to fly from Cody, Wyoming, to Chicago. More on that in a few minutes. Busy guy. A lot of things going on. Folks, this week in wrestling, uh, a lot of interesting uh, submissions this week. Uh, and really some fun things that I were big in my career. Or memorable, I should say, as well. 28 years ago, uh, WCW New Japan presented the WCW New Japan Super Show from the Tokyo Dome. It was packed. It was, a, it was amazing huge uh crowd that's when i hear new fans say they're going to try to do thirty thousand people the building seats 50 i think uh that would always be my goal for your big show sell off your big show right but nonetheless that was a great trip uh i made a i was able to go to a bathhouse Uh, i'm not going to mention who all went with me because some of them are still married it was an interesting trip shall we say it was it was exploring a part of the culture of Japan that I truly enjoyed. That was the night that uh, Tatsumi Fujinami defeated Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight Title. Uh, I and Tony Schiavone and I were over there together. Uh, we did the wraparounds. rounds. Uh, then when the, we got back to uh, Atlanta, uh, we did the matches in a voiceover session, kind of like Josh Barnett and I used to do for New Japan uh, shows for Access TV. It, you lose something, you, you'd lose something uh, with the translation. It's just hard. If you're not there, uh, you can be as good as you want to be, but it's still not the same. Twenty-five years ago, WWF presented WrestleMania ten. I watched it from my confines of my home in Wilton, Connecticut. I was my services were not needed that night. I, and this one year before that, I was the darling of the. Darling of the dance, darling of the ball, uh, WrestleMania 10, 10 years in making from Madison Square Garden, uh, it was uh, uh, Owen. Remember Owen and Brett had their great match. it really was terrific, and but a lot of folks remember that WrestleMania ten for uh, the latter match involving Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. It was it was a it was a dandy too. And now by today's standards, uh, daredevils and I don't mind going out this way. Uh, techniques. <laughs> uh, it seems mild. It wasn't. It isn't. But you know, the bar has been raised em- amazingly from that WrestleMania 10 ladder match. 22 years ago, WrestleMania 13. Oh yeah, baby. Rosemont Horizon. It was hot. Crowd was great. Uh, and uh, it was a match, a card where much like WrestleMania 18 where uh, in Chicago was Bret Hart and Stone Cold in a submission match with Ken Shamrock as the referee. Awesome. That was one of the best executed, uh, matches from every participants perspective that I can remember seeing on that larger scale. It should have closed the show in hindsight, much like the rock and, and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18. In hindsight, they should have closed the show. 18 years ago, there was a lot of uh, internet speculation, a lot of doubt that WWE was going to buy the WCW uh, brand. Uh, And of course, uh, that was not to be. We did buy it. And it it was not a, it wasn't a long consideration because what we bought was the library. And the fact of the, it wasn't just the WCW library. It was other libraries that WCW owned, including a lot of Crockett stuff. And I, I want to say some Mid-South stuff. I'm not sure about that. But it was a big day. 18 years ago. Man, time flies, huh? Another vivid memory, the main event of the last Nitro from Panama City, Florida. Rick Flair versus Sting. appropriate. 17 years ago the WWF held its first ever draft from the Bryce Jordan Center in State College Pennsylvania. The number one overall draft pick going to SmackDown, The Rock. The number two overall pick going to Raw, The Undertaker. I never was a big fan of these drafts. I was told in 2008 before the draft in San Antonio I ask a WWE television executive, uh, our, our, "Our King and I stand together." He looks at me like I got three heads. We think we're crazy. Come on, JR, give us a little credit. We're not going to break up Madden and Summerall. You guys are cool. Swear to God, that happened. Of course, the rib was on me, right? Now, of course, the the, the excuse going, kind of like, "Well, that was changed. We changed our mind after that." Okay, sure, you did. But bottom line, I'm not a big fan of the dress whatsoever. Another example, of bad communication. I'll take my share of the blame. Bad communication all around. No reason to lie to someone unless you're going to use the excuse. Well, after we spoke and I said, no way, somebody, wink, wink, unknown, not mentioned, brought it up and Vince liked it. I think some of them liked it just to see my reaction. That was the way of, I guess their lives are so mundane and so controlled that they just bask in the misery of others. Sad, huh? Now let's move on to something that is happy. That's the birthdays this week. Uh, Wednesday, March 20th, Matt Taven, who had a really strong night uh, at the uh, last ring of honor pay-per-view, that 60 minute uh, Broadway, the draw, First time I ever refereed a pro wrestling match was in Tulsa. I'm walking, getting ready to walk to the ring, uh, uh and the, before the first match is introduced and the, my, the Leo Voss was helping me to learn to referee. He said, did they tell you the finish? And nobody told me the finish because they weren't sure I was smart to the business and they would have been right. I was not totally smart to the business. So he said, well, they're doing a Broadway. Tretch Phillips and Mike George are doing a Broadway. I didn't say anything cause I didn't want to, you know, underscore my ignorance. And he looked, he could tell by the look on my face that I didn't have a damn clue what a Broadway was and Broadway is simply a time limit draw. Now some kid on, uh, on uh, Instagram or Twitter knows that. Funny, huh? Well, kind of unusual. So anyway, Matt Taven, 34, homicide, 42 on Wednesday, and my old friend Steve Borden, the Stinger, 60 years old. Hard to believe. I remember the first time I saw him; he was a, he was at the side of uh, Jim Helwig, the Dingo Warrior, the Ultimate Warrior, uh, and uh, the Sting would have been had known Sting would have been known as the the uh, stable one. <laughs> Happy birthday, big man! Great guy a good human being and one of my great some of the great rewards i have in this business are the relationships i've been able to make over the years Uh, sting will certainly be on that list on thursday uh, kevin federline it'll be 41. how'd he make the birthdays jr well here's why it says here he beat john cena on raw new year's day in 2007. do you know why i don't remember that nor do i give a shit. Because I had asked for that day off, for the first day off I'd asked for the time, and the whole time I was in WWE, to go to the uh, uh, go to Phoenix uh, to go to the OU Boise State game, their bowl game, and uh, that was the game that uh, Boise State upset Oklahoma in overtime in one of the most thrilling football games ever played. Where was I at? I was in my room in Miami watching uh, the fourth quarter of the game and killing my minibar. I was very disappointed. I couldn't go see my Sooners. I was, (laughs) I don't want to go. Connie, I love those cheeks. Chris Candido, the late Chris Candido, died in 2005. He would have been 47. Boy, he's a young guy. Golly. Uh, Former WWE tag champ. Good old Tom Fritchard, Dr. Tom. Uh yeah, Chris was a uh, that's just sad. He had a lot to offer. You know, a lot to offer. On Friday, March twenty second, uh Terry Gordy's son Ray, who was in WWE for a while as Jesse, along with Festus, who's now playing the role of uh Luke Gallows. <laughs> God almighty. Uh Ray Gordy's forty, lovely mama. Well, he's got a lovely mom. Uh, and Connie Gordy. I follow her on Facebook, and that's Terry's son. Jimbo Covert, 59, he was a former Super Bowl champ of the Chicago Bears, Dove Bears. Uh, he was in the battle royal at WrestleMania, too, if you remember. Wayne Bloom, 61, on Friday. Uh, he was Bo Beverly in WWE, big star in the AWA as well. His son, Cal Bloom, uh, just signed to NXT. We wish him well. He told me on Twitter the other day he's going to be the next big thing in WWE. I hope he's right. Why not? Somebody's going to do it. Like Granny said, somebody's going to do it. Why not you, Jimmy? On Saturday, March 22nd, Travis Tomko is 43. I remember Travis had a big upside. I thought he, I thought he might be something. I thought he might be bigger than he was. But he's a real nice guy, smart guy. He's probably better off what he's doing now, quite frankly. Mark Hunt, who lost to Brock Lesnar at USC 200. I was there with my friend Derek Stevens, the owner of the D uh, casino and, uh, Hotel and Casino in, down on Fremont Street there in Las Vegas, my favorite place to stay in town, because one of the reasons is I like the long bar, and the other reason is I like uh, Andy Ammo's Italian Steakhouse on the second floor. Best meatballs I've ever had in my entire life. I said that in front of my wife who used to make great meatballs as well. She says, uh, you're right. On Sunday, Lacey Evans, who I mentioned was on the Lillian Garcia podcast, will be 29. Great upside. Love her game. Get her in the ring, man, and, and, and push her to the next level. Push her to the next level. And the way you do that with, with the alpha women like that is you, you have to physically... Push them to the next level, and then incorporate the mental aspect of crowd psychology along with their physicality, where the physicality becomes almost a, a, a trained reflex. And the ring psychology is something they you got to devote more time and obviously thought to. Happy birthday, Lacey. Uh, Lana, it will be thirty. thirty-four. Of course, that's the wife of Rusev. Thirty-four years old. She not She doesn't look mid-thirties. But you know, when you're a diva. Or former diva a women's wrestler and you're 34 you're thinking about it epico is 37 former tag champ with primo barry horowitz horowitz wins horowitz wins i got more feedback on the horowitz wins call when he had not won a match he finally won one on television and i went crazy like you know giants won the pennant giants won the pennant a lot of people remember that gorgeous george man he started it all for a lot of guys you look back all you want, all the shooters, all the tough guys. And and Leroy McGurk told me that gorgeous George, George Wagner, was a tough bastard. He's a junior heavyweight, about 215, but he could wrestle, real. And uh, he would have been 104, 104 on Sunday. He died in 63 of a heart attack. Lost a ton of money on a damn turkey farm. Like a lot of guys, man, he's going to outsmart the system and invest in things he wasn't familiar with get in over your head, and there's where you are. Uh, And finally, on Sunday, the amazing, my friend Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, will be 54 on Sunday. A finer man I've never met. Seven-time WWE and world champion, seven-time tag champion, doesn't matter how many titles he's won. The mark of a great wrestler is not how many fictitional titles that they have been anointed or cast with. The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, is a credit to the wrestling business. And I'm excited that uh, uh, very soon uh, a crew will be joining me in my home in Norman to uh, film a a piece uh, on a big production that they're doing with The Undertaker uh, for Somewhere Down the Road. With me leaving, it's good to catch all that stuff while I'm still under contract. It's all good. Life is good, folks. It really is. Uh, on Monday, Jumbo Saruda's 68. He, he would have been 68. He died in 2000. Complication of a kidney transplant. And finally, on Tuesday, Mike Mundo, 36. He was on the Spirit Squad, if you remember. And another uh, tag team aficionado of Law Resistance. Sylvan Granier will be, will be 42 on Tuesday. So I want to wish all these folks, these men, these women, everybody, a very happy birthday. And whatever you do, folks, remember, good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Let's check out this week's mailbag here on uh, our broadcast. We appreciate you joining us for, uh, you know, this new show drops every Wednesday. You know that. Uh, and we appreciate you being here and telling a friend about it. Uh, speaking of podcasts, my, Conrad Thompson and I are definitely going to be doing a new podcast together. Uh, We don't have a name for it yet, Uh, but Conrad's got a million ideas, as do I. And probably they all have something to do with food, but that's to be determined, right? So uh, I'm thinking that after WrestleMania at some point, either the week after, two weeks after, somewhere after WrestleMania, somewhat soon, we will debut our new show. This show will will replace this show, and it will be uh, a new venture for Westwood One and a new venture for Conrad and I, who are going to be 50-50 partners in this proposition. Looking forward to it a lot. Some of the elements that we have here, we hope that we can uh, utilize some some of the components, but it will be a fresh new show, and it should be a ball buster. So Conrad and I will make sure that happens if we can. Uh, so let's take a look at the mailbag. Remember the Jim Ross report at gmail.com is how you you get in the, on the radar here. Uh, Robert in Chicago says, "What do you think about the W. paying playing hot potato with certain titles?" Well, here's the thing, uh, Robert. It's a it's a creative weakness. It's a knee jerk thing uh, to change titles. Uh, on such a frequent basis, it does nothing for the titles. It really does very little for the individuals involved in the transaction. So I am not a fan of of, uh, uh, frequent title changes. I'm really not. And then when you add the number of titles that are in question, to be changing them on a more frequent basis I think is a uh, waste of time. I think it's lazy creative. That's my take on that deal. Uh, Benjamin Thomas. Hey Jim, big fan. Uh, question. Do you think that you'll be a part of the festivities on the Chris Jericho Rock and wrestling rager? Uh, part two. I hope so. I I hope so. Uh, Benjamin, uh, we've discussed that. I I, want to go. So if there's a spot for me, uh, on the uh, cruise, uh, you can count on it. I will definitely be there. Uh, had a great time. As much fun as I've had on a wrestling-related promotion ever. Uh, Chris Jericho cruise.com is how you get information. But you've heard a lot. Of, I don't think I've heard anybody, at least to me, that had a bad time on that last one. So I hope I'm a part of it, Benjamin, and that's that's the plan right now. John Giles wants to know that, well, first of all, he wants to tell me he loves the podcast. I appreciate that. What, what's your take on the lack of use of the great tag team of Anderson and Gallows by WWE? They're so underutilized. Well, you pretty well nailed that one, John. They are underutilized. But that's not unusual. As I mentioned earlier in the show, it's not unusual that you could say that about a lot of tag teams that are talented. First of all, there's not any untalented tag teams in WWE. Let's get that clear. There's a lot of good ones but until the company makes a concerted effort to put the time, energy, and creativity in the tag team division, much like they have resurrected the women's wrestling over the last few years, this is what you're going to get. Unfortunately, Steve is in Manchester, England with your booking hat on. I was wondering how could you have booked Sting's WWE run in 2014? Well, He would not have lost at WrestleMania. I didn't understand that helped nobody. It was not a feel good moment, handshake or no handshake. It was poor strategy, poor booking in my opinion. And if it had been, if it got over like a million bucks, I'd have said, well, no, they got it. They were right and I was wrong. I just don't believe that's the case this time. He needed to get some wins. People wanted people wanted to see sting win in a WWE ring. Why Sting was not allowed to win in a WWE ring is unfathomable. The second time I use that word. Uh, so that's my take on that, Steve. Thanks for getting with us here from Manchester, UK. Uh, Peter Sutherland has a question. Everyone's too damn informed these days, and it's been going on for years. I think it blurs fans' enjoyment of the product. There is absolutely no doubt that that social media has changed the game and has changed perception of a lot of things, sports and entertainment, politics. Uh, you know, you can you can blog, you can po- listen to podcasts on a zillion different topics. So, uh, yeah, it's too much information. It it kills part, and there's no surprises hardly anymore. Uh, All it is is skepticism. And it's seemingly more people than not feel compelled and obligated to some degree to provide their critiques and what went wrong. So they love to point out once again the half-empty glass. It's uh, too much. And that's why I, I don't read spoilers. I haven't read a spoiler in I don't know how long. I'm not in, I don't need that information. If I'm going to watch something, well, I, want to, I want to correct myself. I have read spoilers of events that I had no intention of partaking in. Make sense? If I'm going to watch it, I don't want to know the spoilers. Why would I? I just I can't get it. So you're right, you're right, Peter. I think the social media world has it's influenced everything. And here's a, here's a, here's the other issue about that. If you're not, if you're a wrestling promoter or a talent, and you're not using social media for all it's worth, you're screwing yourself. You're just not very smart. If you're a wrestler today, and you got a you got a t-shirt store at ProWrestlingTees.com like I do. ProduceTeach.com/slash/JimRoss and you and you have a store or you you have an event where they're selling tickets. Then why wouldn't you use social media in all forms available? The women in WWE are better than the men in WWE at using social media. They seem to be more conscientious. They seem to get it more. And I don't know if maybe some of the guys think it's old school uh, to not do it. And, you know, they don't, you know, don't need to do it. not paid for that, whatever. Hello. Are you still selling shirts and you're getting a royalty? You're getting a sales commission on, on goods sold. So why wouldn't you want more people to buy more goods? Don't outsmart yourself. So I'm a believer in the social media to answer your question. You you can't live with it. Sometimes you can't live without it at all. And, uh, that's it for this week on the mailbag. Remember. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is how to how to get a hold of us. And we appreciate your submissions and always participating. Because you are one lousy son of a <laughs> oh, no! Eric Bischoff, one of the businessman in town, and my grandpa would say he's busier than a fruit merchant because everybody knows that fruit is a perishable entity. You gotta sell them or they go bad. <laughs> so he's busier than a fruit merchant
1: in Chicago. Big weekends, you got a big weekend in Chicago, don't you? Yeah, we've got a, uh, Tony and I and Conrad have a, a combined show, What Happened When? 83 Weeks um, coming up. It'll be the first time Tony and I have ever really done a show together with Conrad in the middle of it. It should uh, it should be interesting, to say the least. I can't wait to see uh, see how this goes.
0: Yeah, great city to landlock for a few days Chicago, especially if, uh, if you're still a red meat connoisseur.
1: I am indeed. I am
0: indeed. I can't go through there, Eric, without stopping at Gibson's—the one out by the uh, arena. I love that place.
1: Gibson's is a great place. I'm, you know, I'm a Gino's pizza, you know, aficionado, having lived in Chicago for a couple of years back in the early '80s. So when I go back to Chicago, I've got, you know, it's it's a target-rich environment for my <laughs> gastronomical excursions.
0: So you can actually remember the early '80s?
1: <laughs> Barely. I mean, it was fun. So I, I bits and pieces of it. <laughs>
0: I have selective memory. It depends on, it depends on my audience. That's one thing that Vince used to scold me on the most is, God damn it, JR, you got to know your audience. You know, I so, said, Well, I need a filter, I guess, but uh, or just common sense. But that was kind of my uh, my theory there. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward also. Th- you know, this week in Chicago, he you said you're going to do the ManCal uh, morning show. He's, he's a good friend, a good guy. Uh, Think a lot of him. Interesting cat, boy. He's an interesting dude. He belongs on radio. I know that.
1: Yeah, he's wild. I've worked I've worked with him a couple times in the past and he's uh he's full of he's a very electric personality let's put yeah. it that way but yeah he yeah. he invited me to co-host the uh the morning show tomorrow in Chicago so that's uh, why I'm on my way in early
0: good and that'll be on Thursday for you folks here on the uh, uh uh on listening wherever you are uh and I'm sure they have a website and a podcast and you can go back and re- retrieve the audio so check that out it'll be entertaining as hell I know that Uh, you mentioned Tony. You and Tony are going to be taking the stage together. Your New York City debut is the afternoon after WrestleMania, the afternoon just before uh, Monday Night Raw, which will be a hot ticket. And it's only steps away from the Barclays Center, I am told, by uh, the uh, world's greatest showrunner, Raphael Morphy, uh, which hosts the... uh, That's going to host the big event uh, for you guys. And I'm excited about that because... Uh, Oh, by the way, tickets are on sale. WHW83.com is how you get tickets. And it'll be a
1: hell of a show. It's WHW83.com. And, yeah, it should be fun. Like I said, this is – you know, Tony, it's really funny listening to Tony. You know, I drop in on his show every once in a while as as I do yours and Bruce's and a couple others just to check in and see how they're progressing and and, and be entertained. And Tony has really come into his own. You know, when I worked with Tony and and you – Tony was like the least funny person that I knew. He was, you know, very, very cut and dry. Not a big sense of humor, at least that I saw, and just kind of a, a workhorse. You know, just load him up, let him work. Get, he'll get his stuff done and get it done right. He wasn't really much of a, of a flamboyant or outgoing personality, at least when I was around him. And he has clearly emerged as one of the funniest people in professional wrestling at this point. I get a kick out of the show, so it's going to be fun. You know, working with Tony and and getting his perspective on all the things that went down prior to me coming to WCW, during the time I was there, during the time I was running the company, and, and afterwards... You know he's got a very unique perspective that a few people I've shared the stage with has. So it'll be really fun and and interesting. And I'm sure Conrad, being in the middle of it all, being the you know world class ship disturber that he is, will <laughs> <Yeah>. will will, <laughs> will clearly you know raise the uh, raise the energy, no doubt.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it'll be a great show, folks. So you got here's what you got there in that there in that neighborhood on Monday. You got uh, this great show with Tony and Eric. W H W and the number 83.com. It's all the information you need, uh, more address, starting times, all that good stuff, but it's a four o'clock show. You got time to go to the show and it, the easy walk seriously to the, uh, Barclay center for Monday night raw, if that's on your agenda. And then guess what? After Monday night raw, uh, we're going to put Conrad to work again, uh, with, uh, Bruce and myself. I guess Bruce would be just coming fresh from the event because he's now on the back on
1: the writing team. Did that surprise you when that happened? Uh, yes and no. I would say probably more no than yes. Uh, and, you know Bruce and I are pretty tight and have been ever since we started working together in WWE back in 2002 or three, whatever it was. And we remained we became cl- probably closer friends after he left WWE than we were when we were there. And, you know, he's, you know, kind of progressively getting more, have gotten more and more involved, you know, with, with Vince in particular and WWE and, a, you know, a couple different one-off projects. And I kept seeing, you know, the number of those projects and the, the weight of them kind of increasing over the past year or so. So I, I think it was a natural evolution, and I'm happy to see it. I'm happy for Bruce. I'm happy for Vince. I think having Bruce there, somebody that he worked with for so many years, in so many different situations will be a, a sense of, I don't know, not comfort necessarily, but as you know, you know, when it comes to creative and, and strategy and tactics and all of the things that go into making something successful, a lot of it is chemistry. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 the, the biggest part of creative, I think in our business is far more art than it is science and, and by that, I mean so much of it comes down to instinct. And instinct is oftentimes born or shaped by experience. And I think having somebody like Bruce there with Vince in a familiar kind of history and experiences will, will help the chemistry and ultimately help the product. That's my take.
0: I think you're right. And I think that uh, Bruce will be behind closed doors a great uh, filter for Vince, so to speak. In other words, Bruce has had enough experience and has worked with Vince enough hours, probably more than anybody alive, that, uh, uh, you know, he knows he has the relationship to tell Vince, Vince, I think you're wrong on this one, and do it in a respectful way that Vince will listen to and not build up his, his, uh, you know, his roadblocks. Uh, Because I know from experience in that same basic, in another role close to Vince, that he likes to be. You know, he he wants you to tell him what time it is, not how to make the watch, uh, like I am here on the show sometimes, and, uh, and 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 he wants to be challenged. But it's a matter of how you challenge him, where you challenge him, and who else is present. And my that's my two cents on that deal. And Bruce knows all those idiosyncrasies.
1: Yep. No, I think it'll be good for everybody. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, what are you gonna do, uh, WrestleMania weekend? Other than this big show of Monday afternoon, anything else on your agenda?
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be signing. Tony and I will be signing over at Russell Con and and uh, doing the, the whole autograph thing. And then, of, sh- of course, the show on Monday the 8th. But beyond that, I'm kind of keeping – I didn't get invited to anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> I Me mean, neither. I'm not, not going to be partaking in any of the, uh, the WWE events. But, you know, I'll be in town, and there's enough going on that I'm sure I'll be able to find some kind of way to keep myself yeah. busy. I think in an so. Interesting yet safe environment. <laughs> it's only
0: it's only New York City, Eric. For God's sake, you'll, yeah, figure, out, you'll, I mean, figure, you'll figure out something.
1: There's got to be something to do, right?
0: Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat. I got I'm doing three shows, but I'm not invited to anything else. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, that's so much boohoo for that. Uh, by the way, you know my my contract with WWE ends on Friday, March 29th, and uh, left on great great turns with events. I didn't think I had any issues with it and I, and so I didn't think I'd have a big move of the needle, but I feel kind of relieved. I think people didn't understand the fact that, you know, when you're an empty nester all the way around, kids are gone, no wife, uh, no pets, and you're an alpha male and you kind of used to being around people and, and being involved, man, it's a miserable sentence to be sentenced to your home, Like I felt like I was under house arrest and I got a great place. All that good. You know what I mean? Emotionally, it was just the shits. So uh, I, last year I was booked twice, had a great deal, made a lot of money. I wouldn't use very much, but, uh, that wasn't my call. So this will let me do other projects and get more involved in things and, and try to keep myself busy in a quote unquote manageable schedule.
1: I hear you, you know, and it's, yeah, you and I are probably a lot alike in that respect. And it's one of the reasons that I keep myself busy, more or less, as an entrepreneur and pursuing, you know, selling television shows and movies and all that kind of stuff is that I can't sit still. I'll never retire. I yeah. mean, sitting around with nothing to do but trying to find something to do is, I think, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. It, it's 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 not jail. It's not a federal prison. But psychologically and emotionally, it, it. it's really hard for people yeah. like you and I to sit around and not have, a mountain to climb or a goal to reach or an idea to explore. I, I can't do it. And, and I know you can't either. So I'm, I'm happy that you'll at least have the ability to go and do whatever it is you want to go and do and explore in, in the wrestling business without having to look over your shoulder or ask permission.
0: Exactly. And, and, but look, you know, I left there, the greatest thing in my career from just for me uh, and my family was going to work for Vince. Uh, and people said, "Was it was your biggest thrill leaving WCW?" No, my biggest thrill was going to work at WWE, because I had over a quarter of a century there, and I got into that stock option thing, and I got I got made whole in over a few years of vesting, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, Eric. But I didn't know stocks. What's the difference in a grant and an option and all this other stuff? Jeez, I felt like uh, you know, goddamn Barney Fife trying to explain to Andy. You, you know, the, uh, the legalities of a, of a machine gun or, no, or non, non-legalities non or something. I didn't, I had no clue, I had not a clue. So well, I could I could look at the bottom line and say, that's a good number. Well,
1: it's, it's, I, I told the story in my book, you know, for, for years, you know, Bill Shaw kept, you know, he, he told me when he hired me as executive producer, he said, you know, Eric, mark my words, I'm gonna make you a millionaire. And I went, wow, that's really great, Bill. But I had no idea really what he was talking about. And, I, you know, I wanted to believe him. It was a nice thing to say, but I wanted sure. to went about my business. And for a long time afterwards, I was regularly getting, you know, massive stock options when turner broadcasting. And I'm like you. I didn't really know what it meant. And, you know, cool. I can't really take it to the bank. I can't buy a house with it. But it's cool to have in my drawer. <laughs> so I can right. throwing throw in all the, uh, the, 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 the stock option certificates and everything in, in the drawer and forgot all about them. And then after the AOL Time Warner merger was announced, Bill Shaw called me, and I, would, I had already been out at WCW. I was sitting home collecting a check because so I was being paid or played, and, and, and handsomely. And I was out to dinner with my wife one night, and Bill Shaw calls me and said, See, Eric, I told you I'd make you a millionaire. And I, you know, I looked at Lori, and I said, Well, you know, we're doing okay, but we're, we're not millionaires.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and I said, Bill, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And he said, your stock options, they've just vested because the AOL Time Warner, Warner merger was approved. And there you, there the bylaws of, 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 of Time Warner, or Turner at the time, the minute there was a change in ownership, all, all options become vested. So completely out of the blue, out of the loop, in, in a very uneducated financial way, I was kicked in the side of the head by a mule. And I went, I went home and I went, how many of these damn things do I have? And what's the strike price? And I found out I had a shit ton of them and my strike price was averaging around $14, $15 a share, mm. which is the share it cost me, but they were selling and they were closing at about $97 a share. Mm, God, so God. I, I did quick math in my head and went, damn, <laughs> yeah, <no kidding. laughs> he was right. He did.
0: <laughs> that's great. Well, good. That's, that's your you success. You get success. I'm happy for you, but I, I'm glad the guys like me and you who are not wrestlers are still at aarp age still working and that we have a couple of nickels to rub together i think that's pretty damn cool and the wrestling business did that for me and i think you'd say the same thing
1: well i wouldn't be doing any of the things that i'm doing um were it not for you know the experience and you know the exposure that i got in the wrestling business from you know producing television shows and with my own production company and 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 now you know movies and you know it's None of those things would be happening if I would have been in the wrestling business. So I'm yeah. very grateful. I remind myself of that every day.
0: Uh, so uh, would you say if I said, Eric, it's almost as if you've reinvented yourself in within today's environment? Would that be fair?
1: Oh, I think well, largely sure, sure, it would be fair. But I think more specifically, I've just adapted to this environment. You know, with with mm-hmm. the proliferation of streaming platforms, the, you know, the ability to do podcasts. You know the, the things that you can do now on social media to stay in touch with your fan base and 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 grow your fan base are just mind-boggling, and I, and I find them fascinating. I love social media, and not because I'm addicted to it. And I feel the need to you know to constantly have dialogue with people, but I love the dynamic of it. I love the possibilities that it creates, I, and I more than anything, I love to imagine where it's going to be. Two years from now, or three years from now, and what the capabilities are going to be. I mean, this just just this morning, for example, one of our sponsors on our podcast, DiveBarShirts.com, um, it was a brand new sponsor, and I, you know, dive bars are kind of my thing. You know, I've always you know preferred you know a nice little quiet local dive bar as to a you know a club, mm-hmm. and when they started sponsoring this, I thought, wow, this is great. And, you know, just yesterday, I went into my local, you know, favorite joint here in Cody, Wyoming, a place called the Silver Dollar Bar, and I shot some video on my iPhone and then put a little bit of graphics to it, put some music to it, thanks to Dave Silva, and posted it. And it's a hell of a promotion, and it's a way to reach people and build your business, have fun with your fans, because you're doing something fun and encouraging them to post their pictures and videos. And that's entertaining. You know, it's a, it's a great way to engage. So I just have so much fun with this stuff. And I, I don't know that it's as much. It is certainly reinventing, but it's really more adapting.
0: No, I got that. That's good. No, I, I agree with you. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, I've, uh, it's, it's fascinating that you know, people complain sometimes about the business being healthy or not. I only judge it by me, my life. And I'm staying as busy as I want to be. No matter where I do or where I I go after WWE, I'm going to be busy because that's my nature. Uh, But I think the business is very healthy, Eric. For guys like you and I to be making a damn good living, uh, kind of calling our own shots, not a bad thing.
1: Well, I, I think the business in many ways is healthier than anybody ever imagined it could be or ever has been. Now, it's not, you know, you can look at certain barometers, I guess, and measure them. You know, sure, it's not the Monday Night Wars. You know, WWE isn't doing their four rating and WCW doing their four rating and for a combined eight rating, which I think is misleading anyway. I think there was always a lot of duplication in that number, but, you know, that was... There's no doubt that during the Monday Night Wars, because of the Monday Night Wars, solely because of the Monday Night Wars, that there was probably more people watching wrestling than in, in any time in history. And beyond that, you know, because of the Monday Night Wars, wrestling really, really transcended to the highest levels of pop culture and really grew into an audience that it never had before. But I, I still don't think the business was as successful then or as large then as it is today. It's different today, but if you, again, not to keep harping on it, but you look at all the streaming platforms that are out there and the accessibility now for promoters and producers to be able to reach a global audience with, with an iPay-per-view, for example, um, and be able to do it affordably. It's no longer you know, a $750,000 or $1,000,000 or $1,000,000 $1 you know, roll of the dice to put something up on pay-per-view just from a production point of view. You can do it now for a fraction of a fraction of what it used to be. And I think what that means is there are going to be more rings of honor more aews you know more new Mm -hmm. japan pro wrestlings and as these streaming platforms mature and advertisers begin to support them more and more and more i think that's where the money is and for wrestling fans they're just going to be able to see a much more diverse international product so i for that reason alone i think the business is healthier now than it's ever been
0: yeah i agree and I'm, i'm happy for it last question uh how far are we from the traditional USA network uh, coverage of wrestling uh, going away and everything going to streaming?
1: I think it's inevitable. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to predict because I'm not close enough to the inside of the industry to have an educated guess, but just based on trends and seeing what's happening around the entertainment universe, and, you know, I'm still in the television business. I've been creating, producing, and selling original. Uh, non-scripted television programming now since 2003 and I've sold them to pretty much every major network uh, other than CBS and ABC that you can find and I know what's happening to that business and how streaming is is, is, and and the competition from the Netflix and the Hulus of the world I know the devastating impact that's having on the television industry I think it's inevitable that television as we know it today whether it be cable or network Three to five years from now, we won't recognize it, and we will become far more saturated with many more streaming platforms and options.
0: Well, there we hear, folks. Uh, and By the way, Eric's a great follow on Twitter. He, he actually is funny. At E Bischoff on Twitter, I would suggest you follow uh, right now, if not sooner. A great show, uh, eighty-three weeks uh, with you and Conrad. You know, Conrad's getting massive rubs from you and and Bruce. Conrad's—he's slipping himself in, kind of like the—he's uh, kind of the James Gandolfini of the podcast world.
1: Well, I look at it differently. <laughs> I think Bruce and I and Tony are getting great rubs from Conrad. <laughs> to be okay, honest, yeah, of course. I, I had a podcast before I hooked up with Conrad, and we did okay. It was all right, but we weren't making any money. And literally, the minute I hooked up with Conrad. You know, we we started rocking and rolling and, and ringing the cash register almost immediately. Beautiful. And it, a lot of that has to do with Conrad himself, the chemistry between he and I, and I'm sure he and Tony and he and Bruce, because every show's different. You know, the, my my show tends to be a little more granular in the weeds, the business of the wrestling business, because I don't think Tony or or even Bruce can speak to it with the same kind of credibility and authority that I can, because that. That really was what I did. I wasn't nearly as involved in the creative or, or the talent side of WCW. Uh, I didn't get really involved in the creative until late 95 and mid 96, is when I really jumped in with both feet. And, and Bruce certainly has all kinds of, you know, his 30 years worth of crazy wrestling stories. He's an amazing storyteller. Whereas I kind of get into more of the business of the business and, and kind of exposing or, or discussing, not exposing, they're not secrets, but discussing you know, how the industry actually works, not how people right. think it works, not people, how people assume it works, but how it really works. And my audience, for the most part, finds that pretty interesting. Um, but really, it's the it's chemistry, I think, and the Absolutely. research and the, and the hard work that Conrad puts into his shows, which brings me to my next point before I jump on my plane to Chicago. When are you and Conrad going to deb- debut your show?
0: Soon, uh, right after WrestleMania is our plan. Uh, somewhere within a week or two after WrestleMania, uh, we're going to uh, launch that piece of business. So it should be, it'll fun. Hey, listen, hey. I, I look forward to seeing you. In uh, I'm sure I'll bump into you someplace. Uh, might even come to your show on Saturday on uh, Monday afternoon and and have a cocktail and listen and be entertained. How's that?
1: That sounds like a plan. I'll be disappointed if you don't stop by, Jim. I'd love to see you.
0: Okay, buddy. Hey, Eric. Safe travels to Chicago. Have a big week there, and I uh, appreciate the time.
1: Be well, my friend.
0: It is always good to hear from Eric Bischoff, the raconteur of sorts. Successful, no doubt. And he's doing some great shows this weekend with Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone. They'll also be uh, uh, taking the stage on the Monday afternoon after WrestleMania, as you heard us discuss. Uh, check all that out. Follow Eric on Twitter at E. Bischoff. So, a lot of good things. A lot of good good show today. I thought, a lot of information. Some opinion. Appreciate you guys subscribing to our show, Apple Podcasts, you know, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your audio, that's us. Appreciate that very much. It's free to subscribe. Your, your uh, episodes, once you subscribe, will be downloaded automatically into the device of your choice, I'm told, because that works for me. Uh, appreciate the five-star ratings very much. Uh, that helps us a lot with our marketing and advertising five-star reviews uh, on those sites. Uh, I told you our uh, ad nauseum, you know, the Jim Ross report at gmail.com. So how to email us your thoughts or your questions. We appreciate that. Uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my old buddy, my broadcast partner from all the way from class of champions one, Tony Schiavone is going to be joining us. We'll get his take on working with Eric Bischoff on these stage shows. He'll have one under his belt by then. And it's always good to catch up with Tony, a big-time baseball fan. He's my go-to for baseball info. Uh, He's the producer of the Georgia Bulldog uh, basketball and football games. He's everywhere. He's ubiquitous. He's ubiquitous. And he works with Connie. My God, those cheeks. Those cheeks are so full. I just want to grab them and hold them. (laughs) So Tony Schiavone here next week. Uh. I hope you'll join us as well. Thanks to Tori Wilson. Thanks to Eric Bischoff. Thanks to you. Thanks to Dennis in New York City and all the folks at Westwood One and all the ships at sea, as Tony Schiavone would say. Uh, I'm heading back to Norman. Slowly but surely. Heading back to Norman, folks. And uh, I'll be here next week. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Remember to do something nice for somebody that's unexpected that you're not expecting a payday from or a payoff from. Look in your heart and be a decent human being. We need more of those here on this on this planet. And uh, whatever you do, don't forget that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So from am here in Oklahoma City. I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying uh, we'll see you
2: next week. So long, everybody. This is Dennis Miller on the Dennis Miller Option. You will hear my uncensored take on current events, politics, pop culture, and anything else that crosses my mind. You remember that sketch we did on Saturday Night Live? We, I I was was in sketches. I was in eight sketches over a seventy-two year period. Which was so bad. Which sketch that you were a waiter was this? (laughs) The Dennis Miller Option is free and easy to get on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from the Westwood One Podcast Network.